The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the speakers and by no means represent that of Iron Valley's cast. Hello, story lovers. Welcome to the Short Tales Club, a place where I and my friends rethink and discuss short stories that we find fun and interesting. Please note that this is a spoiler future, as we cannot be held accountable for our frenzied excitement. Seriously, we really can't help ourselves. Other than that, enjoy the show. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to this episode of the Short Tales Club. My name is Crypt and with me today are Abdul Hanan. Oz Fresh. Okay, so uh, this episode we will be discussing the short story by Deborah Lunero. We will talk about other things instead. It's a story about a woman who tells us a story through her dreams. It's kind of a weird one and had everybody scratching their heads at one point in time or the other. But eventually, when it gets to the end, it all just makes sense. And I think it's also true to Deborah because if you've read her stories, it's they often tend to um, revolve around mental health, uh, motherhood, um, maybe gender issues with a touch of religious with a touch of religion so now we'll move on to the sound review mm-hmm. yes that was fresh sound sorry the sound did not sound yeah, that's yeah, the, that's silence. the sound that's silence silence is sound again oh wow nice Okay, um... Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I mentioned earlier, this episode is... So for me, um, the themes that I found in this story, they... Um, I think I would say they are... Chaos. A certain kind of chaos. In fact, I think that would probably be the only theme I would point out. But I don't know if the rest of you guys agree with me. Yes. Yeah. That's um, basically what... Um, um, do I call it mentally challenged people? Madman or whatever person's um, thoughts looks like. For you, it's chaos now because you're sane and this can actually be going on in somebody's head the whole entire I mean, time or maybe for a short period but it's chaos whether it is one minute or 100 years for me my main um, the most striking thing for me in the story is mental health and how we as human beings no matter how much we try to understand no matter how much we try to put ourselves in the shoes of uh, people suffering from one form of mental health or another, we never, we can never ever really do it justice. And for the narrator or the first narrator in the story, okay, for everyone else, the husband and people watching from outside, 
it is probably just a few minutes of her falling asleep and dreaming. But for this person, it's several years or it's several months of torture, of going through one confused state to another, of trying to understand, of pain, desperation, suffering, all the negative things that you can think of. And being alone in this in this state and then having nobody to turn to, only to open your eyes to another strangeness. And as in, there is no way anybody else can understand and feel what she has, what she's going through, what she goes through every time she closes her eyes to sleep. And for this person, this is this is her reality. This is probably something she's going to live with for the rest of her life. And that is just so striking for me. It's scary. It's very scary because um, I think on normally we usually find people suffering with these mental health issues. They get to face their demons while they are awake. But for someone to be literally afraid to fall asleep because you don't know where you would find yourself, you don't know what you would have to encounter, what you have to go through. And then waking up is also a problem because I think at some point her husband says she is unable to wake up except he wakes her. That means she could go on living that nightmare if there is no one around. That means she never gets to fall asleep alone. I think it's, it's scary thinking about it. It's like you are in a hope, uh, a whole, um, a helpless world altogether. There's no one there to help you. You're facing these demons, these nightmares, and it's going on and on, and it's replaying one. Because from the way the story was narrated, it's like, it's just like how you have dreams. You're doing this right now, then you move from that. You start doing. You're somewhere else entirely, and you move from that, and you're on another place. So it's on and on and on, and it's all torture. It's all pain. It's all confusion, and then. Yes, you now wake up and then you're trying to get your sanity back. It's really scary. No one should get to live like that. No one should have to go through such torture. Okay. For a bit of context for those of you that haven't read the story yet, it's about a woman that has fragmented memories. Imagine waking up and not realizing or understanding why you have a child beside you. Uh, how come you're a mother when you cannot remember who you con- who helped you conceive the child? Um, how the child came into being when he was born? It's a scary notion, and we don't really. It's just like her memory that is fragmented. Deborah manages to give us the story in fragments, like patches or like a puzzle adding one piece after the other, but it's only until she adds the final piece at the end that all makes sense. So, we get to see this woman that, um, in her mind, is still young, still dating, never been married, let alone having a child, doesn't remember having a child out of wedlock, yet she supposedly has a husband. There's a cryptic note he drops for her that makes the mystery even worse than 
it makes it really hard for you to figure out to decipher what is being or what uh, the world is trying to tell us. Um, what's our impression on characterization? The woman was it believable? Did we was she able to sell the idea of a confused woman that didn't know what state she was in, what time, what place? For me, I think it it kind of worked. Like I said, it was a patch. It's like a patchwork, and you could say it was clumsy, but then that was the whole point. It's supposed to be clumsy because she has no control over it. It happens on its own. She just has to live with it. Haran, do you have any... That should be around 2015-2016. It was was not really easy for me to actually, I mean, um, I don't know, digest as as a sane person. I don't want to be in that. I keep pushing that reality very far away from me. I don't want to be in that situation. I mean, having this thing read to me now and I'm thinking... How can this be um, somebody's reality? And it is so believable because as a same person, you have, um, what is it called? Um, your thoughts or your events are done in paradigm. Like, you know, okay, I get to wake up in the morning. I pray, I brush, I eat breakfast before I go to work. You know, these are arranged automatically. Your brain actually arranged this thing in, in sequence or something. But for a mad person, you think about closing from work before you go to work. It's not. Um, it's not easy. Does anybody else um, have a different take on the character? was Deborah able to convince us that this person exists, that this person is real? Okay, that is one thing that I think um, Deborah was able to do really well. Um, her suspense. She... You start reading the story and, yes, you have no idea where this story is going, but you know it is going somewhere and you are hooked right from the beginning you just can't wait for it to make sense for it all to make sense and you are you're rooting for this person you're trying to understand them you're hoping that it is not whatever it is that you are thinking you're thinking of so many things and wishing oh no 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 it can't be this it can't be that and then you see the bond growing between her and the child at first it's i do not know who you are then it is, I know that you depend on me and I need to be there for you. 
then it is oh no um let me take this person to the hospital let me learn more about them then it is the whole depressive state where she's like i'm not going to have my bath i'm not going to bath the baby and then oh no this baby shouldn't suffer for whatever the hell is wrong with me i'm going to bath the baby and then it is the fact that what the hell why is this woman trying to steal my child oh at this point you've you've gotten to the point where you you've embraced this child you you love them. You care for them. You don't want them to be taken away from you. And you're still confused about how the hell you gave birth to them. It's it's one reveal after another that puts you on your feet, that keeps you on your feet and just on the edge of your seat, just waiting and waiting and waiting to see what happens. <clears throat> I think um, it's, well, to an extent, just like uh, us said, when you start reading the story, you're kind of confused. You don't know where this is coming from. Okay, yes, probably this person is sick. How could you have a baby and not know who the father is or who you had a baby with? And then you don't know if you're married or something. Um, but at the end of the day, it all unfolds and you get to know that, yes, this person is actually sick. But I think... The um, part is, do these uh, people suffering from mental um, challenges, do they really go through this type of um, torture? Because it's different if, if you're sleeping and you're having dreams of your present reality, like this is happening right now. Okay, yeah, maybe there's this woman that comes around and then this is happening. Oh, she came to my house, she's trying to steal something from me. But it's like she's going back in time. Because when she awoke, we're able to know at the end of the story that she's actually 56. And the child that she keeps talking about is already married. It's grown. It's grown and married. That means these things, these touches, all these stories that is going on in her head as her nightmares, I don't even know if yesterday or last year or last 10 years. Right? Or last 5 years at least. No, well, last, last 10, 10 years, years or more. This child is, is grown up. So imagine you're having nightmares from your way 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 your ch- your your, your youthful i i don't know it's i don't know maybe that's a, a bit on yes it's it's crazy what do you call it it's a very dangerous evil yeah punch you because it's i i just feel but, I, but there is something that the narrator didn't do she didn't tell us if there was an an encounter mm-hmm in her past where somebody tried to steal her child if this nightmare was her remembering something that has happened yes the woman did not succeed in stealing the child since we at the end we discovered that the child so did this actually happen is this a memory or is this something that did not happen like okay i'm suffering from amnesia now i have already lost my memory it has gone i understand why would you come to me in a dream with something that has not happened before, with my worst fear? Because obviously, she's a woman who cares deeply about her child. Right. Why would this amnesia come to me in the form of my worst fear, my worst nightmare, and then come to tell me that, first, I will have a child, but I will not even know who the father is. Then I will now see certificates, birth certificates, that does not have the father's name. 
Then I'll see the father's phone and he just saved my name so carelessly as just Mimi. And then somebody will now come, like just when I am beginning to, okay, if I do not remember, but at least I know I have the child, I have a life, let's continue to live this life. Then somebody will now come to steal the child. As in, what manner of evil is that? As you said, why, 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 why would you, why would the amnesia come to her in that form? I think, um, I was talking about the discussion with uh, Crypt about his um, old movie, um, House MD. And um, it's a medical movie, and I think something like this. Serious. Yes, it's serious, sorry. Um, things like this would happen where um, your memory, there will be memory lost. You have this amnesia, whether temporal or permanent or something. But then your subconscious is never totally wiped out, and your emotion. So it feeds you. Uh, it, that it's not hallucination according to the movie. It's not hallucination, but it feeds the body system feeds you what is comfortable to your body you have a child reality yes but it, it has to i mean fill up some um, blank spaces so it fills it up with something your body system is actually comfortable with so yes i have a child i don't know it's just okay if somebody is trying to save um steal the child from me or something so it, I, I think what she didn't put in the story is saying much more than she would actually put so it's a mental thing so it's never it's it will always go yeah it's at some point it will not make sense okay um i think it's 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 believable it could be none of us here have mental challenges so it's not like we can that nature of that nature (laughs) so it's not like we could go oh yeah i have been forgetting a lot too Uh, and she actually went online and it's um it's a thing. It's a thing for um, someone who just have a child and did. I haven't just have a child. We've been having a child. Can she finish? Okay. Stop being Nigerians. Can she finish talking about her? <laughs> Let's empathize with her. Then we will now talk about your own and then tell you sorry too. Okay, for me, it's um, I keep forgetting yeah. these details, and it's like not just any details, like literally just these things that normally I would know and keep in my head. But then when, when somebody is trying to talk about them again, it's like, it's just blank. It's not there. I so maybe I... Say we should sympathize. Mm. So it, it's scary because I keep thinking, is it is it going to come back at some point in time or is it just, just going to deteriorate? Is it going to get worse? And then I'm just really confused. But that's, that's on one side. I think the point I was trying to make is um, the story is quite believable because people go through a lot. I've... Uh, there was an incident uh, I, I got a job somewhere and I was asked to get um, what was medical it called Me- a medical, not just medical, a psychological report to prove that I'm uh, of sound mind to walk, mentally stable. mentally stable to walk in this place so I went to a psychiatric hospital and I had to relate with literally mad people because I had to stay in there and do the test and everything and so yeah, they're just, they just walking around. They're they just everywhere. They're not locked up. They're comfortable. They're need. They not locked up. Mm-hmm. There are some that are probably locked up. The ones that are dangerous. I met this lady. She's a patient there. When she saw me, she, I just became someone. I didn't become... Like, I was someone she knew. She literally came to me with a big smile. And she hugged me. and She was like, Ah, it's been so long. And she's beautifully like with good english 
she held me and she was like, come, 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 come and sit down. And then I was like, okay. I didn't want to be, I don't know if it's erratic or something. I was trying to be careful because I didn't know if she was going to explode at some point. So I was trying to follow suit. So, and then she was like, how are you? I said, I'm fine. And you know, she said, fine. She started introducing me to everyone. She called her friends. She said, ah, look at me. I, I didn't know. Maybe I was some sister or something to her. When everybody was done greeting, she told them to go and she sat down and she started gisting me. Like we were having conversations. She was telling me, how is this person? You know how, how like I came to visit her, like mm-hmm. I'm her family member. Mm-hmm. It went on and on. And then I was still doing my test. I was ticking. And then at some point she would call my attention. Like, I'm talking to, I'm you. Talking to you. Why are you doing you? something else? Then she left. Then she came back. And then she said, please call daddy. And I was like, okay, daddy, daddy. And she was expecting me to magically have the number and just call daddy. And I was like, she was like, okay, she called. While she was making the call, I was scared to leave her with my phone. But at the same time, I didn't know if it was allowed and I didn't want to cut any kind of... So I, luckily for me, I saw one of the matrons. So I asked her if it's allowed. She said no, but since she's already making the call, I should let her make the call. So I did. And then when she was done, she started talking about daddy's wife. This woman is so wicked. You remember her, right? I said, yes. And then she went on and on. So I think for me, it's the whole... Did she eventually speak to her dad? She was did. Was the number correct? It was. Which they had conversation and she kept speaking. No, it was her father. Because she kept on... She kept, so because right the man even asked her, who, like, how did how she did get this phone? Whose number? And then she said, oh, it's this person. She called the name. I just can't remember because it's been a while. I was someone she knew. And I I don't know this woman. I've not met her ever anywhere. I don't know her, but... And all through the period I was there till I left. Because when I was going, she came and she said, you are leaving, you didn't even say anything to me. She hugged me again, like, it's okay, we had a good time. Go and come back some other time. And then she said, if I'm coming next, I should bring some clothes from the house. Right now, So she needs that... She doesn't know, she doesn't believe she's sick. She literally told me, she doesn't know what she's doing here. They're keeping her against her will. She told me this. So she feels like she's seen and she speaks awesomely, but obviously she's dead, there's a reason. So that's a different kind of mental challenge. Well, the thriller scene and fan in me would say that she's she was kidnapped and put there. But anyway. <clears throat> and then after all, all mad people will tell you that they are not mad. So no matter how much she proclaims that she isn't mad, They'll just say hey, it's part of the madness for you to say so. Yeah. It's still possible. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so I think not like kidnap, kidnap. I just mm. felt the wife doesn't. Her, her father's yes. wife doesn't like her, and then yes, says so, that mm, allergy. So they're able to. Yeah, find a story. number to the life here. Mm, they're able to find a story to keep her there, mm. and then probably bribe me for being too, not too dramatic. I don't. Right I don't know. Doctors. Um, yes. No, but it's not being dramatic. It's very easy. I think when Erufai was the minister Especially of Especially if you have funny behavior, mm. you know. If you have, if you disobey traffic light or something, before you pay that fine, they will oh, take yes, you. Yes, they will take yes, you a psychiatric. Like yes, they, they will take you to a, a psychiatric um, hospital, and I to was evaluate. just to evaluate your whatever, whatever. And I was a teenager. I was in university. I actually stole my father's car. To go to University of Abuja, and I was uh, and I was arrested. No, this is not what happened. What happened was actually amazing to me. It's overwhelming, rather. Is um, I was um, arrested. Like you know, they actually followed VIO or something. Mm-hmm. They followed mm-hmm. me, and it was called. Then they told me you're going to pay. We are going to um, 
you're going to pay but you go to a psychiatric hospital then then i knew madness can come to you like a flash of light <laughs> because i was trying so hard to actually convince them that i wasn't mad so that i would be able to pay and mm. take my father's car back it was a carriage or something take the but in trying to convince them i was behaving like in, as in a normal madman Average madman on a good day. On a good day, <laughs> <laughs> me, I'm not mad. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to university and this and that. And they were just calm. Me, so yeah, it was. It off. went on like mm. three minutes before I realized that these people are calm, and I'm the only one shouting. Right, right, and how exactly. do you recognize mad people shouting and screaming and shouting, trying to prove, prove their point? Then I started crying. <laughs> yes, I, I was in hundred level. I started crying. Which is another thing because um, they will tell you that sometimes their sanity comes within a few seconds mm. and they would cry. So, so you're crying is, because you your, realize your sanity that just appeared and you just, yes, you just realized that. So oh, it so is. So are they mad? Yes. Like this, I don't mad finish. So it, it's a, a very, I mean, thin line to determine. Who is mad? Who is it? I am provides a platform for artists to showcase their talents. Whether you are a writer, poet, painter, dancer, singer, etc., visit www.iambalitcast.com and create your artist profile. This will allow members of our community to find and engage with you. But that's not all. Iambalitcast also has a growing catalog of podcasts ranging from lifestyle and poetry to manga and novels. So join our family, get discovered, and enjoy more podcasts. Okay, so I think Oz mentioned this earlier, but um, about how she keeps on... Uh, maybe there was some kind of trauma in her past, and that's why she comes back to when she was young. Now, did you, have, uh, did you cross your mind that, okay, she's 56 now, and this thing has happened over and over again? So, if that's the case, that means that at some point, the baby was no longer a baby. The baby became a toddler. From a toddler to, I don't know. Adolescence? Adult, adolescent, teenager, etc., etc. Like this child grew up into a woman and got married and left the house. Now, in those periods, when she loses her memory and reverts back to the past, what happens? So it now reminds me of the scene where she says a woman is trying to steal her baby, put it in a bag or something. And the impression I got was that it wasn't a real baby. It was probably a doll or something. And this person felt like they knew how to manage the situation better than the husband or and her daughter or whoever. Because um, the, what reinforces my idea that the husband was trying to play into her fantasies was at the end where he where she asked for her child. And he said, she's sleeping in her room. And says, take me to the room. So only want to get into the room that he now explains to her that her child is actually married in her husband's house. So, let's imagine that this child is a toddler, a teenager, whatever, child brain, and she's expecting to see an infant, like a baby that she's holding, and she can't find it. So they give her a doll or something, and because the illusion is, um, we already understand that she's not thinking straight. She can't really remember too much. 
So all she needs is for something to reinforce the idea that she has that baby. So she doesn't see past the poem. She doesn't notice that this thing is actually a real baby. Um, and that would help re- um, keep the the um, illusion or delusion, maintain it up until her 50s. I don't know if that makes sense. Hey, yeah, that that's one way of saying it. The other one is... She's been mad for over two decades and in trying to get her baby away from her, the subconscious recorded it as a woman trying to steal her baby. And from that two decades old, I don't know how old a child is, the amnesia started. So all she can remember now is maybe two decades back. And there's no way, whether a same woman or and it's same woman, there's no better way to actually extract um, someone's baby, an easy way to actually um, extract someone's baby from her. So it's, I think, yeah, it could be your way. It could be that maybe, I don't know if you have child services in um, in Nigeria mm-hmm. or maybe a very close relative who's trying to get the woman from her either by, I mean, um, I don't know, loving her to actually give me your baby. Let me just feel her all forcefully. Mm-hmm. Think she would remember, but I, it could be the body system trying to feed her false information. But it's most likely to be true, where she's not, um, she has not, I mean, thought about it because it's um, amnesia. Now, now it's coming in dreams or whatever thing. Like, like we say, I said earlier, this is the thought of an insane woman so trying to make sense out of it would drive you crazy. Okay, well, that 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 makes sense. If, for instance, she's been sick all her life and comes and goes, sometimes she's okay. Uh, most times she's okay, and then sometimes she falls ill. If that is the case, then it makes sense that at one point in time, after she has given birth to her child, they discover that she is not mentally okay enough to look after this child. And so they take the baby from her, and that haunts her for the rest of her life. So yes, the child was raised, but somebody else raised the child. And she clearly remembers the day the child was taken. She clearly saw who took the child. And for some reason or another, maybe being held down by somebody else, she couldn't go fight that person. So maybe the husband was there. Maybe the husband was holding her back as somebody was taking the child away. Maybe she was conscious of it. Or she was sleeping and then woke up and didn't find her child. And it just appeared to her as a, as a dream. As um, She needed to boil this water. She needed to make this warm water. To get this warm water ready before she could go fight for her child. And she lost the opportunity and she lost the child. So every time she goes to sleep, she wakes up screaming for her baby. Because that is... Like it's like adding trauma to trauma, so this is one thing that she can never recover from, even though she already has one other underlying issue to begin with. The um, I think amnesia has two major um, attributes: that's the inability to remember past events and the inability to create new ones. In her own case, uh, it seems to be a combination of both. She reverts back to the past. She can't remember the present or anything that's happened before that period. 
and she can't seemingly make new ones because um, she's not accepting the current reality yeah. and then she forgets and then when she goes back to the retrograde it's still that she can't um, the yeah. things like she should remember that she just woke up one day and doesn't understand who this child is and whatever but then she repeats it again it reminds me of this um, movie Brad Pitt was in it um, I think it was called Memento in it he had gone through some trauma his wife had died and I'm trying not to spoil it for you but he essentially couldn't create new memories so he had tattoos on his body to remind him of why he what he was doing at that point in time and at a certain point because it's a thriller he also came to realize that do I have multiple personalities or something like what about if I'm not the one that put this tattoo? What about if it's somebody else that put it? Or what about if there's a part of my mind that doesn't want me to do the things that I want to do? So it was really scary. Just adds new, more dimensions to the situation. And that's basically um, the thoughts of um, an insane person. In fact, even if you're sane and you've gone through, um, what is it called? Um, gone through a, a very scary um, event this is I mean, someone that is going through PTSD mm. you can imagine what they are going through within the short period of time that they are, being, they are, they are sick or something um, to have one dimension to this kind of story that means it is nowhere reaching so the fact that we can pick a, um, an event and we find I mean, a lot of reasons why this could have happened. That means the writer has done justice to the has done justice to the to the story or to that particular event. Okay, so if we were to change the story, like if you had the opportunity with the writer when the story was being developed, evolved, is there anything that you would change? Is there anything that you would have done differently? I wouldn't really change anything. I wouldn't really change anything. I, when I, I didn't get to know this at some point in time, I, I, I was angry with the narrator. Like, why would you tell me? Oh, you're having a baby. You told me that you have a baby, and you don't even know the person responsible because she kept on. She was mentioning um, about three of. Four different men. So, so I thought it's one of these girls that would uh, sleep with a lot of guys and would have baby and they don't know. Mm. Then coming to the end of the story, knowing that it's actually a sickness. She's she's done what I mean. Um, if you have a mental um, images of what is going through um, a madman's head or a madwoman's head, this is how it would look like. I wouldn't really really change anything. She's done well with it. That's it. It's not as if I was mad before. Too. Um, okay. Um, for me, well, I wouldn't change anything. Just, uh, I just wish she had shared, because I felt, I felt for the husband, you know, he's also a victim. Um, last, last, if you want to look at it, because he gets to, he's stuck. With this woman, his wife, he gets to live this life every night. He's scared too because he can't sleep too deep. 
He needs to always stay awake. So in case when he starts, he gets to wake her out of it. He needs to ensure she she does. There's no harmful things around that she could use to hurt herself or him. You know, he there's an album by the time just trying to he. You have to put all these things in place, and it's not just today and then. It's like every other day, every other day. So it's not easy. If I was right, I would have shed a little light on his perspective, where he's coming from. Let's hear what is going on in his head. I hope he's not running mad somehow, you know, from all the whole torture and everything he's going through. Um, I think that's just it for me. Yes, and um, Hanan had a point, has a point. You know, when she said that part about there was David, there was this, there was that. You know, it's really... I don't know if maybe the, the uh, writer was trying to confuse us there, but it really sounded like a young girl that was having multiple boyfriends and all that, and then, okay, there's some... Promiscuous. Yeah, that was promiscuous. And then there was a... And then there was a part where her mother found her with a condom at nine, and then she didn't... At seven. At seven it was... I, I don't know. No, Let's just say it's it. all... She found the condom. Yeah, the mom. In her defense. But then, if it's the matter of finding condom... That's easy. It's easy. Kids come across condoms. They are fascinated with it. Take it to school. Me, I have seen condom when I was a kid. Somebody brought it from school, and it was a used condom. And everybody was so amazed that <laughs> yucky, yucky, yucky. Everybody yucky. was so amazed. Yeah. This one is like, how did you see it? So I went to school with Barak children. I call them Barak children because, like, there is nothing that they will not see. There is no story that they will not tell. And this is from personal experience of the people that they live around. Okay. So it's not news. And she said she found it, and. She, from all indications, she didn't even know what it was yeah. until the mother was so angry at her or screamed. And, and that's not why she grew up to be the person that she is right now. <laughs> Alright. Really this, this, um, this is like a puzzle. Do you know how you would... Um, it's okay for any reader to feel um, she was being promiscuous, she was being promiscuous uh, because, uh, you know, at the age of seven, you're already having... You, you've seen condom yet they see you with condom and now you're talking about having a baby and that you don't know the like father no, 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 that, that's a nigerian parent mm-hmm. and um no she <laughs> was the director was me making it very believable when she went she saw the birth certificate mm-hmm. see the name of the child the date it, um, the child the was date. born the weight but not the father's name mm-hmm. but this the child has a son name and it's on david but the name of the father was blank. I, was blank. I think it's her brain that erased her that brain time. needed to so, reboot. You see, but her brain needed to, to go with the flow of the issue that there is a missing father here, or she's all alone. You understand? So it, it deliberately deleted that place. If not, but the child is Anitan David. The child's name is Anitan David. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But then the father's name is David. Wait, wait. you you don't get it. So wait, the, the, the writer is playing with our brains. Anyton is a traditional name. Oh. David is an English name. Oh. And in Nigeria, in Nigeria we David always like have John. we always have a traditional name and um, an English name. For the Muslim, you'd have an Arabic name and you have a traditional additional uh, traditional name. So when you say to in, uh, in the normal circumstance, when you have Anyton David, David is the surname and the child is Anyton, but Thinking about it logically, anytime is a traditional name, and so, and the uh, the space for the for, to fill in the father's name, the surname is blank. Whether it's the brain that is a uh, plain trick on, on her, or the writer deliberately left it, she got us very well. She got us. Wait, but then, 
I can't remember, but I, do, is there even a space on birth certificate for father's name? Yes, even mother's name. Yes, there mm. is. Yeah, it's for father's name, mother's name, child, then the weight. Check my birth the weight. <laughs> then the weight of the baby. The, the weight of the child. baby. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's baby stuff. Yes, it's just the parent okay. names. I think I would have put some emphasis on the child, the daughter. Um, very little was said. So you're not really like for a long period I wasn't even sure if the child was real. When she went to the hospital and she was talking to the doctors, I assumed that the doctor was just playing along because everybody, including people that were there in the reception that were trying to look at her, were wondering why this woman was holding a doll and claiming it was her child and then turned now said it was her sister's child. So it's not until the end that I actually accept and believe that okay this daughter actually existed which i'm sure was also part of the plan i just feel like there should have been more breadcrumbs regarding the daughter and her identity and her growth her development so that too doesn't become a full picture until the end of the story so yes we have david appear as the actual husband at the end but then we'll also be able to tie all the other tiny bits and pieces together to have a picture, a better picture of her daughter. I would like to add that um, Crypt is uh, very, uh, I don't know the word, he call, you say you're a thriller? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love thrillers. Mm-hmm. Like it's how the story is just going like this and then Crypt is seeing all the ideas that we are all not seeing that is not in the story and how yeah, he's able to are. look at it from yeah, other... Indeed other perspective and to add to that um the child how about this theory what if the child is already dead like there was a child and then the child died and then probably that was what triggered the whole mental problem and then so the family don't sit down come reason i'm like okay now let's do this she would have this attack this episodes and all that when she wakes up there's a room to take her to she knows she had this child this child was once here but she's not there anymore. And if you tell her that child is dead, you probably just frustrate her. Let's tell her this child is married somewhere far away. Mm. And it's been a long time. All this happened. Then she yes. will say, call my daughter. Let me talk to her. Yeah, she's, she's outside, outside the country. And then there's there's no they don't have story. phone. Yes, there's something. <laughs> but it's, it's, I, think I think it's just think, a lesser evil. It yes, it's a lesser evil. I, it's I, a lesser is? evil because um, it's better than saying the child is dead. So it's yeah. like, yes, you guys actually took my child away. It's easier than saying the child is dead. Because if the child is married, grown up and married, Nigerian um, parents don't keep rooms mm, for yeah, children. Mm. Now, according to the story, we still have, uh, what is it called, cradle? Cradle mm, mm. for the child. Okay, the, there was a, a crib there, but in the, the room. They call it Wait, bed. You did not see it. Oh. No, they say it is a bed, child's bed. Nigerian people will call it bed for children. They took her to that room, yes. Okay, no, but if it's child's bed, we can go from crib to that kind of small bunk that they have in secondary school. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anything between those. So, and if she's 56, she's not making babies then, so who is the room meant for? Mm, so it's probably just kept as a reminder. Yes, it's then. probably just kept as a reminder. So when it begins, we can go back to say, okay, this is it. It is real. It's happening. The child has been there. There was a child, but now she's not here anymore. Just to help. Speaking. Yes. Okay. Um. I do not 
for me i dislike yeah <laughs> for me i dislike the fact that we're not clear on what kind of um issues is going on in the town yes the writer did well by ending the story by uh, the way she did and answering a lot of our questions but it still doesn't do do it justice it, it still doesn't do the doesn't tell it doesn't do the character justice this woman um i i mean i would i would i would i'd wish that we paid more homage to her we explained um what kind of mental health issue exactly she was going through i would wish that we saw her life after waking up not just that um first five minutes but okay she's 56 now during her waking hours what's her life like who is she is she all right does she get to smile enjoy jokes with her husband are there moments of sanity that she's aware of who she is and is able to luxuriate in this life before she goes to bed at night and wakes up as in there is there is just this blank hole all we know of her is her mental state when she's asleep and i and i do not think that that is enough I, I think she, we we owe that character a lot more than that. So if I was to rewrite this, I would add a bit more about her life. I would the same way I took time to explain the four dreams and more. I would take uh, time to show us answer more questions. For instance, we wouldn't be arguing here whether the child died or is really alive wouldn't be arguing and okay maybe i'm just looking for a happy ending and maybe there in, in in reality there is no uh, happy endings are not always there but i just wish that we could see maybe an hour or two of her life where she has breakfast with her husband where she is able to think back on the dream and say wow my head my it's it's crazy you know not just oh hold me i think i'm losing my mind we know we just saw the lost mind we know that one, you know, but let's see more of her. Let's see what her life is like away from the dream, away from the illness or whatever it is that she's suffering from. That brings us to the end of the episode. You can find other stories by Deborah if you follow the links in the show notes or description. Um, you would also find her social channels there and stuff. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show and see you in the next one. Bye. If you've enjoyed our chat and would like to continue the discussion, kindly follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Short Tales Club. Also, you can find the story and other works by the author on Amazon using the link provided in our show notes. Doing so would greatly help the podcast grow. Thanks in advance and see you next time.